Welcome to our Road to Desert Rain series. Uh, today is my story and how I ended up here at Desert Rain. Uh, David Morrison and I sit down and discuss that. A uh, couple corrections that we have. Uh, Pastor Nima is no longer in California. This was recorded back in March. She is back in El Paso at Trinity First United Methodist Church. Welcome back, Nima. Uh, we did a conference uh, leading up to Mission House, and the university we mentioned is TCU, and that's incorrect. It was SMU, uh, Perkins School of Theology, with uh, Elaine Heath coming out and helping us for that conference. We uh, thank her, appreciate her. Uh, at the end of the episode, we talk about uh, doing a frequently asked questions type episode or a um is Desert Rain a Cult? And we actually released that already. It's episode 30, Caught Between a Cult and a Utopia is the name of it. And uh, lastly, this will be our last conversation, our last road to Desert Rain for 2021 um, due to some scheduling stuff and um, trying to get um, people lined up to record. Uh, things have fallen through. And so we are going to re, uh, pause for now and reset uh, this series back in 2022 in January uh, is the plan right now. So if you've been enjoying these, uh, we will be back. This isn't the end of it. Um, just, uh, just a pause. And so before we get into the actual episode, thank you to Diego at Recording Moving Studios. He does all the editing and sound engineering, so we appreciate that. Thank you to David and Danny West. Uh, that's the music you hear in the background right now for the intro and the outro. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, check out theruin.com. Also, drcrpod.com for other episodes. If you like what you hear, please, please tell a friend. Uh, word of mouth and social media has been extremely helpful for us. We appreciate you, and let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. I'm here with Mr. David Morrison. How are you doing today, sir? Not bad, not bad. A little overcast today. Yeah, it was sunny this morning, and the, as we've been sitting here, the clouds have joined us. Here in <laughs> here in here in the springtime, and I hope we get some rain. Yeah. Um, for today, uh, I think it was episode one. We, you, and I talked about your road to desert rain. Yeah. And so uh, we've decided to sort of flip the script and do uh, my road, Dorian's yeah. road to desert rain. And I guess I guess I'll just get it started in the sense that I can tell my I can tell I'll I'll lead with the story of my first time coming out here with uh, the the Methodists, Pastor Randall and Pastor Nima. Stay away from those Methodists; <laughs> they'll lead you down the wrong road. <laughs> they'll, po they'll point you to the desert and then leave yeah. you out here. <laughs> 
Um, just joking. We love we love Nemo and Randall, uh, who are both. They're both still involved with the Methodist Church, right? Yeah, I believe so. Nemo has a church out in California. Yeah, she's on the. Uh, I think right on the border of San Diego in the desert. Yeah, that sounds right. And and Randall is in Albuquerque. Albuquerque, I believe. Doing still, bishop yeah. type stuff. I mean, he's not the bishop, but yeah, in that circle I think so. of, yeah. of bishop type <clears throat> duties. Forgive us if our information needs to be updated. Yes. So if Nima or Randall are listening to this, please <laughs> reach out so we can give your fans the the info they desire. So we came out here. And I can't remember exactly. It was either the end of 2012 or the beginning of 2013. Yeah, you would know better than I would. Yeah. And um, and I, how did you... So I guess we could start there. How did you and Randall meet? Let me think. Uh, I believe it was through the retreat movement called Emmaus oh, and Kairos. Okay, yeah, and yeah. I was a part of that for a, a time. And, okay. And... I believe I met his his wife Susan first, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, and we we hit it off, and I guess I was an odd enough duck for them to <laughs> <laughs> to to inquire more of conversations mm-hmm. with. So yeah, yeah, okay, that that does sound sound familiar from some of the things he shared with me. But I remember because uh, I was working, so they were. Both Nima hadn't become a pastor yet, but she was working uh, at University United Methodist Church as a lay coordinator or something. I believe so. Lay yeah. ministries coordinator or something. He was the head pastor, and I I had come on as the bookkeeper, um, fresh out of university. Right. Um, and the three the three well, more than just the three of us, but. A group within the that church had started talking about intentional community, and so we we uh, we took a field trip out to Chaparral, uh, okay. and that's that's how we ended up out here that day. Um, and you know, you gave us the the tour, the, the nickel, nickel tour, yeah, yeah. nickel <laughs> tour, as you like to refer to it as. And I can remember just being intrigued, but also just sort of. Um, like, like, uh, like, why would people move out here? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> Still wondering the same thing. <laughs> Still pondering that Why would that people question? live in a roadside oddity? <laughs> <laughs> what is it, 18 years later, that question still being pondered by David Morrison? And so, yeah. and through that, through that, uh, sort of this idea of mission house bubbled up. Um, Randall was, was, uh, pretty big in, in getting, uh, funding from the United Methodist Church, mm-hmm. and Nima was a, a big mentor in, in that process. Um, and we had a a conference, a weekend long conference for intentional community. Yeah, and you, Desert Rain, was a part of that. Reba House out of Chicago. Yeah, yeah that's right. Josh McAllister, I believe. Mm-hmm. There was a group, and uh, I should have looked this up. A group out of um, Fort Worth. I think they were involved. Yeah. TCU? I believe so. I could be totally wrong. I believe it was a Methodist connection as well. Though. Yeah, well, it was for sure. And so I'll I'll correct all this information on the intro. So if you've if you've gotten this far, you already heard the intro and, and we've given the name the correct name of the um intentional community. And then there was a gentleman 
like a lone wolf out of Colorado. Yeah, uh, I believe his name was Evan Howard. Yes, yes, I just looked him up like a month ago. Scholar of monastic history. (laughs) He was a part of the vineyard movement for a while. He was on staff at a vineyard church. In California, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think San Francisco or in Northern California. Yeah, so so they sort of all converged on Las Cruces. Yeah. And what what are your memories from that that conference? Uh, it was very interesting because mm-hmm. you know uh, you know we had come out here thinking we're, we wanted to reimagine church, and our refurbishing of church for us was a, a monastic expression, mm-hmm. monastic families, and that kind of thing, which was kind of you know off off the beaten path at the time it still is i was going to say it's still still so kind of interest int- it was interesting to me that may, um more charismatic and evangelical churches were uh not too happy with us not uh interested in that at mm-hmm, all right but mainline protestants were oh and i so see that, okay, so i was I see, like I why see. is this happening yeah that doesn't seem yeah it just seemed very odd to me and by that time i'd already accepted our oddness and weirdness Mm -hmm. and uh and that kind of thing and just the thing about the monastic life is you go go do your go to your cell and do the work of prayer and silence and you could spend 10 years doing that and like uh or you can it feels like it feels like a year went by but 10 years went by and and so we were just kind of in the middle of all that yeah. Well, and it's funny because I remember, because in my mind, it was very, there was like the two academic side. So the group from the university and Evan Howard were sort of like the academic yeah, for sure. branches of that conference. And then Reba House um, and Desert Rain were sort of, and not, and I'm not saying that those other two academic also had practical aspects of it. Yeah. Evan Howard they were, lives a monastic yeah life as well yeah and and so do the people out in fort worth and and um yeah very mission oriented too yeah and and the reba house and the desert rain were more in my mind like boots on the ground like Mm. how do how do we you know how do we engage this um on a day-to-day basis um and not the the academic side you know i know you personally do a lot of studying but sort of community as a whole it's right it feels more practical. I don't know. That was just that because that was really my early introduction to uh, intentional living outside of re- yeah. just reading. Yeah, it's. I, I think it could be one of the pitfalls of living a prayerful, contemplative life and living in community. It could get stuck in just the academic mm. zone, and so you're just kind of touching your toe to the edge of the of the water, right? And, and uh, because once you enter into community, you've you've basically signed up for a spiritual crucifixion. Mm. And once you've signed up and entered into a contemplative prayer, Vinny Depp, the same thing. It's the the uh, dispossessing of your ego. It's the unmasking of all the images that you've clung, you know that you've clung to and identities. Mm. And it's a very painful process. Everybody markets these things to, as as to get inner peace. Right. If you just meditate if you just pray, and but they don't mention the dark side of contemplation and community. Well, it's, yeah, it's, which is difficult. It's very hard. Yeah, and with your example, I think most of the people sign up for the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. But you don't realize that. <laughs> that in order to to get to the point where you can be resurrected, yeah. 
you know, the, the, the previous steps have to come yeah. and, and sort of kick your teeth in. Yeah, or they sign up for salvation, mm-hmm. but they didn't sign up for being... He only saves losers. Yeah. Jesus only saves losers. It's well documented. <laughs> yeah. And so you have to... That's the prerequisite yeah. in Christianity is you must be a loser to, uh, you know, to to be saved, so to speak. Yeah. And so you have to be sick to be healed, you know? It's that simple. Well, it's so interesting because I... I I haven't necessarily thought about this in the context of myself, which I know sounds weird, but I shared it with a couple people recently, one yesterday, in fact, how contented I feel here at Desert Rain. And a lot of that has to do with the last year of COVID. Mm. Like really experiencing like how simply the world's monastic year. Yeah, how simply I can live life in a peaceful yeah. and useful way. You know what? And not in necessarily in the like common idea of useful, right? Right. Like, but still being available to help people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do miss hugging people, which I know you and me are like polar opposites. At the, yeah, as, yeah, as far it's as been that good goes, good for me. Yeah, you love it. <laughs> I miss my parents, uh, hugging my parents, and yeah. Uh, and traveling, like those are the two things that have bubbled up. Yeah, I think in the last month, as I've reflected on this idea of like, it's been a full year that we've been sort of battling this yeah, as as yeah. a as a as a world, I guess, as on a global. And I, I realize everyone's engaging it differently, and so yeah. we don't need to go down that path. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, oh yeah, like this. All the things I've been trying to figure out for the last thirty-seven years. It was, you know, it was this simplicity that was here yeah. all along. But I had to do all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have yeah. to burn it out. Yeah. Um, it's all okay. part of the process. Yeah, for sure. So, so <laughs> and it'll get overturned again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way it goes. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, I've, I've experienced that in the recovery world. And so I know I'll, I'll res- yeah. re- uh, experience it here at some point. It's like the old, it's like the, the old... Uh, Bumper sticker says, you know, every time I finally learn the dance, they change the music mm-hmm. on me. You know? That's, that's yeah. the fluid reality of life. Or, or yeah, or you know, the the sort of token, this too shall pass. Yeah, that no, includes the good times. Yeah, <laughs> you're feeling all peaceful and content. Yeah, well, don't worry, <laughs> that'll go away. <laughs> so to so to circle back, so mm-hmm. after this uh, conference that we did. Uh, Sorry, I, I just I, my my producer podcaster brain just kicked in. I'm like, oh man, it would be great to get those people and like and uh, just there get their perspective. Yeah, get their perspective later. from it. Anyways, <laughs> we'll edit that out. They'll that probably way. all say, uh, yeah, <laughs> keep out of community. Don't do that. Uh, so yeah, okay. So we'll edit that out. But um, so afterwards, we we started down the path. Uh, we being United University United uh, Methodist Church in Las Cruces started the path of starting this thing called Mission House. Yeah, and that conference was the launch of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that was exactly. the purpose of the conference was to sell it to that local congregation and anybody in the region that was interested in in living in, in community those kinds of things yep. and supporting you guys. Exactly, and, and we were hoping it would attract. At that time, it was JC and I, uh, JC Ortega and Dorian Mason were the two the two guinea pigs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And our, our, our goal or our, our hope was to, um, uh, what's the word, attract, uh, you know, catch the interest of other people that yeah. might be interested in 
and living in community. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm very grateful because uh, not only did University United Methodist Church, but the Methodist Church really backed us yeah. backed financially, um, prayerfully, uh, logistically, all the all the things yeah. you could you could hope to have as far as a support in starting something of that nature. Um, you know, I, I will ever forever be indebted to the Methodist Church in that sense. Yeah, if I remember right, I remember the Pastor Randall saying that that was the first major financially backed outreach of that particular congregation since the 1980s. Interesting. At the time. I, so, I don't remember the time frame, but that does, yeah, yeah that does ring a bell. Because um, you guys rented a house in the middle of the suburbs, right? So, well, we rented the house uh, one street over from the university. Right, yeah. So yeah. we were... Um, Las Cruces. In Las Cruces. We were, so we were a block away from New Mexico State University. Uh, I want to say we were like half a block or a block away from the actual physical church mm-hmm. on uh, Spina. And... Our goal was to volunteer within the community, uh, outside of the church. So even though the church was backing us, we wanted to branch out into the local community. Uh, we had a weekly meal. And I, 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 if I remember correctly, we took that straight from Desert Rain. That oh, was, really? Yeah, that was one of the things oh, that, you guys, that you guys had shared with us and that uh, JC and I had come out and experienced oh, okay. with okay. you guys. Um and I and I think that's why we decided to do it because you guys Desert Rain had their meals on Thursday nights. Yeah, and that was one of the first Sunday and Thursdays. But yeah. Thursday is just a meal together. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know. There's no other agenda other than to hang out. And that was because of that. We made ours Tuesday, uh, so okay. not to like clash with yours. Or if we wanted to, we could. And we did. We would come out here to yeah, the Mission yeah. House and and share a Thursday meal with you all. Um, I feel like there was one other thing. Oh, we had uh, daily prayer. Yeah, yeah, that's JC, right. You did a- yeah, JC and I would do uh, morning prayer uh, every day. Um, and, and I think it probably worked out to like six days a week over the course of the year. So those were like the three things. And, and uh, that's really where our friendship blossomed during that time of Mission House because you and I would meet yeah, was it weekly yeah. or, or every other week? I can't remember. I, I don't remember, but yeah. it was it was weird. It was a weird meeting because usually with me, uh, the the jackass in me usually greets the jackass in others. So we recognize <laughs> each other. One time I was walking on a strange campus as a te- when I was teaching uh-huh. in the early two thousands, and I was on a I was lost at some other campus, and I walked past a classroom, and this kid looked up. His, his desk was near the door uh-huh. and we made eye contact and we both had a, <laughs> a mischievous smile on each other because the, the smart ass in him greeted the smart yeah, ass you, you could see we it knew we were instantly. Both, yeah. We recognize each other everywhere. Yeah. And I didn't, and you are definitely one of those, but oh. I didn't recognize it the first time I met you. I thought you oh, were pretty interesting. straight shooting, uh, you know, uh, non-comedic, uh, Kind of person. Wow. So I didn't find that out till much later that, wow, this guy's a comedian uh, and loves comedy and yeah. is a trickster. So, <laughs> well, I even shared it, uh, I think it was at a 12 step meeting this week, talking about the coyote in me. 
Ah, stirring, stirring yes. stuff up. The trickster. <laughs> that's where you and I, I, I mean, that's really, at this point, that's where we've bonded. Yeah, and I was blinded by that. Yeah. Uh, even when we met, yeah, I think we met every other week. Or I think it was every, every week other weekend. At a coffee shop in Las Cruces. And even then, yeah, I think we were on our best behavior. And so we just kept our coyotes in the uh, caged, I guess. <laughs> well, and I, Or they were out in the desert doing stuff. Yeah, they were they, hanging out. They hadn't. In come the, up yet well i think for me it was i was so i mean this will sound weird but i was i was really thirsty for this uh so so at that point i guess is a better way to phrase it i would have had i would have been coming up right around five years of sobriety mm. and in fact as we're recording this I'm 11 and a half hours away from 13 years wow. of sobriety. So that, 13. That's, it's been on my mind uh, the last 24, the uh, last week. Anyways, and I was, I, I was in search of, this is actually really good because it's, it's sort of the opposite of that contentedness I was just talking about. I was searching for something more than the spiritual life that I had developed in sobriety. Hmm. And I was really drawn, as we talked about in the Anamkara uh, episode, you and I had this Jesus of Nazareth was just like, it felt like little bread, little breadcrumbs, like um, calling me in. And so I think one of those meetings with you, I was, I was taking, which (laughs) if anyone listening to this will find weird, I was taking very seriously because I, yeah, you were. You seemed yeah. uh, like I said. You were a very serious person. Not that you aren't now, but about these things. But you were. You were very focused on those things. Well, and I so think I guess comedy. I mean, like uh, you know, Dave Chappelle never came into the conversation. Yeah, right. Or, Where they do, it does or any of these kinds of geniuses. And for me, it's because I thought I was, and I I still battle with this. But I was on. I was. I had this thought of like, I that part of Dorian can't come out if I want to be taken seriously ah. spiritually. Plus you were, you, you know. were doing accounting at the time. <laughs> yeah. but I, I Yeah. I don't, I mean, I still do at a little two bit. churches, <laughs> a Baptist church and a Methodist which, church, which is really funny. Cause in the work context, I was still like, I would let my silliness show at church. Yeah. And so, I mean, not to the same degree that, you know, I do cause they were still my employers, but, um, yeah, and, and during because at this at similar time I was meeting with the Orthodox priest, and I can remember it was like within a month of each other, you both both of you guys like just unprovoked. You were like, "Oh, you already got your ministry." Oh it's, yeah, yeah. It's this recovery world yeah. that you're doing work in. You're already doing it. <laughs> and I was like, I was so uh, not angry. Angry is not so frustrated because the reason I was meeting with you guys was to like grow from that <laughs> grow like in my mind grow away like i knew that would always be a foundation yeah, yeah. but there was this idea of like more like i got to do more i got to yeah. find more and both of you guys were like ah oh, you and it was like unprovoked like i didn't run it by you know like it yeah. wasn't like you guys knew each other or anything like that and no we still haven't met yeah, yeah that's yeah that's right i yeah that's that's totally weird um we'll have to bring in uh oh, i'm drawing a blank blank once again um Father Gabriel. I have to bring in Father Gabriel. Um, So, 
so yeah, so I think that was that was sort of the the idea, not the idea, but uh, consciously of like, oh, I need I need to be serious if I'm going to be taken mm-hmm. seriously spiritually. Which today I I, I actually feel the opposite. Mm-hmm. I feel that my my coyote is important in the spiritual work I do with others and with my, like the only way we like, you know, we talk about in the recovery world to thine own self be true, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's incredibly important, very understated, especially in any spiritual endeavor to uh, not take yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that, that's a topic for another. Well, I actually, I would like to go down that of like how, cause you definitely embrace your, uh, comedic perspective, weirdness and oddity. Yeah, in in your spiritual, like when you're talking about spiritual things with people, have you always been that way, or or have you have you grown into that over the years of embracing it, or embracing it and and like letting it sort, letting other people sort of see it no, when you're discussing I, I've spiritual. More stuff. often, used it to sabotage okay. myself or sabotage anybody who might take me seriously. Interesting. And so... Consciously or unconsciously? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was, you know, back in the day, in the 70s, <laughs> uh, they didn't have computer printed out report cards. The teacher would literally give you a have card. To hand it was an yeah, actual yeah. card stock card. Even, even in the 90s, I got <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, got, I can remember uh, getting handwritten. Yeah, it was handwritten uh-huh. notes on yeah, it. Yeah. And I remember my mom probably still has it. I believe it was probably maybe kindergarten, first grade, somewhere around there. Uh, he laughs at inappropriate times. And and so, you know, that's pretty much sealed that's who the you deal. Are. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that's, yeah. And sometimes, yeah. And a lot of times it is done very much on purpose, strategically. Right. You know, to uh, throw, throw people off their, their religious high horse and. Interesting. That kind of thing. And. Yeah, and, and I know you and I have talked about it in general. This idea of of the the trickster and the coyote, yeah. and how how like that is our role. Um, Very much part of it. Yeah, yeah. Even oh, I'm not going to get into that, but I can even just the report card thing. I can remember there was a handful of times, and I, my mom saves a lot of stuff, so I, I'm going to have to ask her if she saved these. But it seemed like every fall report card, like the one you get. Not the final one before Christmas break, but like there was like one before that. Oh, progress report. Yeah, yeah. there would always be Dorian talks too much yeah. and distracts the other kids from doing their work. Yeah. And it was and it was never at the beginning because and I, I think this might correlate to our connection. There's a shyness about me because I need to see if you can be trusted. Ah, okay. You know, before I'll really open up. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I think between that and being wanted to take seriously when or being taken seriously when I met you, yeah, that's probably what kept that that part of me at bay. But then two months into school, I was comfortable with everyone around me, mm. and I knew, you know, I knew who I could like be silly with and stuff like that. Yeah, and so it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I would embody that that part of it, and and yeah, just you know, the obviously I like to talk. I. I'm doing an hour long podcast. <laughs> You're a podcast master. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so our relationship early on meeting, um, bes- besides the, the seriousness that you noticed, what, was there anything else 
that sort of stood out to you as, as we kind of got to know each other? So Mission House lasted for one year. Um, just for for anyone that isn't familiar, we we were hoping to make it a a long term thing, but uh, it ended up as far as people living in the house was just JC yeah. and I, and so it kind of petered out after the after a year. But I, I'm interested, sort of your perspective, or maybe not even me personally, maybe what you witnessed yeah, within Mission that, yeah. House. Yeah, yeah, that would be I would be interested to know sort of your take on yeah on how you coming from because what you would have already been out here twelve or thirteen years. In 2013, maybe. yeah, maybe close to that. that yeah. So, so having already lived maybe. in community and then seeing sort of us try to bootstrap something yeah. new, what, what were some of the things that stuck out to you? Yeah, for sure. The, the context uh, in which you guys were doing this was definitely impressive to me. Which was because we we went out to an isolated place in the desert, right? Uh, but we were always intrigued with doing a an intentional community with a monastic focus in an urban setting mm. or even a suburban setting. Because that's kind of what you looked into first, right? Yeah, if we I remember did. the yeah. story. Right. Yeah, we wanted to, you know, because we were, yeah, we wanted to be more accessible to the to the city, you know. That and everyone at that time was from El Paso. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, um, but we were also drawn to contemplative prayer mm-hmm. and need time for that and space for that. So there was all... A lot, of, that a lot conflict, of different factors, yeah. yeah. And, and we may someday launch, intentionally launch a, you know, a, a sister community, you know. Right. But so so you guys were doing that. And and so when you, uh, when I would attend your your meals on uh, Tuesday nights, was it? Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah, the variety and uh, um, diversity of people that were mm. attending that. Uh, was was very impressive to me, uh-huh. and you know, and so I, I enjoyed that very much, yeah. and especially uh, people that would just hang around after the meal, right? And so the conversations that would naturally flow were were great. It was very great. Met some great. I, I still remember people that I met, yeah, from there, you know. And you're still good friends with uh, uh, the the Buddhist guy. Uh, Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, in fact, uh, I talked to him yesterday. Tucker. Yeah, Tucker Brown. Yeah, that was a great conversation. You know, I've only talked with uh, Tucker Brown one time. Really? I think that was the only conversation I've ever I thought had you guys him. had had multiple I, I conversations. I think we've exchanged emails a few Oh, times, that's right, that's right. Okay. But not, not in person. And so we talked, and, and our commonality was he was a Buddhist that didn't really like talking to Buddhists and hanging out with Buddhists. Mm. He liked hanging out with Christians. And I was a Christian that didn't wasn't really impressed with Christians anymore. Yeah. But I was very interested in talking to Buddhists, and so it was a, it was just a, a great conversation, at least on my. Yeah, uh, no, I, I know uh, he. I mean, he. Anytime I talk to him, I, well, even you know, I live in Desert Rain now, but he, you know, he's always interested in like what's going yeah, on here was, and stuff like that, and what's going on with you guys. Um, so those connections were, yeah, were pretty pretty well, it's, amazing. It's funny too because both you and Tucker grew up Catholic. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So it's really funny how you know that sort of interweaves and yeah. you grow apart, and then you know you find that common uh, sort sort of soul friend, even if yeah. it's just one conversation. Or absolutely, and we could probably pick up right where we. Oh, I believe. Left. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those kinds. Mm-hmm. And when you do community, that that kind of happens a lot. It's, mm-hmm. And it's it's it never gets old. Right. It's great when that happens. And so, yeah, and I, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll let, I don't, I talked about it a little bit and then we kind of straight away, but like, 
the rhythm of life for Mission House was we'd wake up, I think we met at six every morning, six or seven. We would do. Yeah, it was pretty early, I think. Yeah, do uh, prayer out of the, um, the gentleman, Shane from Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a famous dude. And what's the book? Uh, book of Common Prayer for yep. Ordinary Radicals, I yep. believe. Um, so we're every every morning at 6 a.m., we were reading uh, Shane Claiborne's uh, daily um, yeah. reader, the Book of Common Prayer for Ordinary Radicals. Yeah, that's right. So that was, <clears throat> excuse me, at 6 or 7 in the morning. And then uh, on Mondays, I believe, we would go into the elementary school and volunteer for like three or four hours in the in a classroom. Mine was, I, I think I was in ki- a kinder and first. It was mixed between the two. Mm. And I don't remember. I think JC was in a either a kinder specific or a first yeah. grade. But yeah, so we, we were trying to uh, branch out into the, the greater community there. Um, and then we would have the Tuesday night meals, which we did. We tried to invite everybody. We, we yeah. invited people from the church. Um, you know, I was involved. Which was really funny because the church yeah. people were... 50 years older than everybody else. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like this recovery community, which was like mostly young people, uh, some university kids, the church. Uh, I, I, I mean, calling them adults is like the, everyone there was an adult, but yeah. just the age discrepancy. Quite the senior citizen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they got, everyone got along. That was the, yeah, weird, yeah, like it, it was, was like fun for everybody. It was. Um, and so that was sort of the, the rhythm of life. Uh, that we established, um, you know, going going to Sunday service with Randall and Nima. Um, and then even, you know, I, I don't think we came out every week, but I know I came out regularly out to Desert Rain here um, for the Thursday night meals. Yeah, and I yeah. think you did a couple Sunday nights too. I yeah. Think I oh, that's that. right, because you, you would meet at Sunday nights at that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. So we, yeah, JC and I, Came out for for some Sundays. Our communion meeting. I, and I think we even set aside, if I remember correctly, we set aside a Sunday once a month. I think so. To I, come out here. Quasi-regular, yeah. Yeah, to, to sort of keep keep that uh, friendship and connection we had made yeah. early on with you all. So as that came to an end, uh, for me personally, that's when I ended up, uh, I got a job in Philadelphia and and left there and that, so that's sort of the i don't know, like the the three year cuz i don't know how much we saw each other not or much talked after during that. those three years no. and i was gone and i'm terrible at picking up the phone well and i remember <laughs> i remember I, you and i've talked about this so it's you know i don't i don't think it's i'm talking out of line but i remember thinking cuz i'd called you i don't know a couple times and you never called me back yeah and just assuming i had offended you like no. in some tra- <laughs> like some great way that i was just oblivious to no i'm just a terrible <laughs> right communicator i'm a i'm a kind of a recluse yeah yeah and so i'm well, just I, not good at it cuz you would you did respond to some of my emails so it seems like you just prefer like being able to type something out yeah usually when you like at your your leisure. Um, but these days I'm terrible at even uh, continuing the email stream. So those of you who are, I've left hanging on the line, I'll get to you. Yeah, don't take it personally. <laughs> it's not personal. It's me. It's all me. Uh, yeah, it was a fi- I, I can't remember when, when 
I admitted that to you or something. And you're like, I don't know, man. I just hate talking on the phone. So it's hard for me to call people back. (laughs) COVID has trained me a little better. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I have to talk to on the phone. We've been limited in our our ways of um, interacting. So, but anyway, so yeah, so I was, I was, I I left the region for about uh, three years. And then, and I'm pretty sure we already covered this, but I went, Left the job, went to Europe yeah. for three and a half months. And that for me, I purposely left it open ended because I really wanted to, you know, between doing some meditation retreats and walking the Camino, I really wanted to like, I, I was, I was being called to this spiritual life again, this sort of mm. um, thing. So, I, you know, my time, my time overseas was to really um, like ponder that and and see where I was called. And, and when I got back, uh, I want to say within less than a month of me getting back, I'd reached out to you. Well, no, before I left. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'd spent a month in, in New Mexico before I, I flew out. So we, we hung out a couple of times yeah. and it, it was like what you said with Tucker. Like we just, yeah, you just pick up where you left off. Yeah. So there was a little bit of catching up as far as like what's transpired. Yeah. It was like old friends again. Went to Europe and came back, and and you and I, I think we started meeting weekly again. Yeah, I think the, if I remember right, the, I guess the pretense of our, pretext maybe of our uh, getting together was spiritual direction, I think was the, yeah, very serious. <laughs> you're, you're, well, you're talking about originally, right? I think so, yeah. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think you wanted to pick that up again yep, or something. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, but it. Became very casual after, you know. Well, but for me, I mean, I think at that point, I, I I had a little bit better idea of who I was. So for me, the spiritual direction was still serious. Yeah. But you and I were more acted like ourselves. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Instead of the like the seriousness of of when we originally started. Because yeah, I mean, I uh, it's no secret, and I'm probably already said on the podcast, but I do see you as a, a spiritual director in my life. You <coughs> well, know, thank still, you. Still, still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah, so that would have been like early 2018. Yeah. For all those keeping keeping track of the timeline at home, and and um, so I, I I would be interested in hearing just sort of your perspective of that rekindling of the friendship coming back from from me coming back from Europe and yeah, no, it was just, a pleasant surprise. Cause yeah. usually, you know, you out here, it's, it's a, you know, a retreat kind of ministry. And so it's transient. Mm. So people are, you know, come and go and, and, uh, and so, yeah, so it was a very pleasant surprise to see. And I was very surprised that you would, uh, because you had mentioned so many times how much you were not enjoying the idea of, uh, I'm, I'm the, no, feel free. Emphasizing it, but you were not enjoying the the idea of living back here in this region at the time. Uh, well, when back when we first started talking again, yeah, yeah, interesting. You didn't. You were not interested in living in Las Cruces, and and I, I think a lot of people have that that kind of idea. You're a uh, you failed if you have if you come back to your <laughs> you hometown to cry, right? and that kind of thing. So I guess people like me who stayed in there. Hometown, we're just losers altogether. So, uh, so, all right, that's fine. Right. Uh, the graveyard's the same at the yeah, end. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it looks so the same every, yeah, yeah. everywhere you go. <laughs> and so, uh, 
and maybe yeah, maybe you'll get a crypt, you know, a nice crypt at the graveyard. But uh, yeah, that's if you just hit that, it big, but you're gonna get the first one to be vandaled to, for the vandals to hit. So. The most noticeable one as you drive yeah. by is the so, big crypt. So your grave is the one that's gonna get desecrated, not mine. That's <laughs> so, a simple, uh, <laughs> simple paver stone. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so so I was I was surprised that that you were interested in in even entertaining the idea of coming back mm-hmm. for a long period of time to this region. Um, and, and it's very common. Like I said, a lot of people don't, it's a special peculiar, uh, I guess, draw to like the desert. Yeah. So, well, that's the thing I've always, especially as much as I moved around that I always have felt at home in the desert. Mm, okay. Like I've always felt very called to the desert, but the, you know, I, I there is something about the hometown, being in the hometown that, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I I don't feel that. Well, no, actually, I do still feel that way because I, w- I don't want to live in Las Cruces. Yeah, <laughs> if I was yeah. going to live in this region, it would be in Chaparral for the rest of my well, life. Wow, I, think, I can't you believe know you know just said that. Yeah. <laughs> <doesn't, laughs> <wanna> logically, <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. Uh, and it's funny that because I kind of forgotten about that. But yeah, when I came back from Europe, there was maybe a 1% chance that I would stay in the region, yeah, because you were you were a wandering uh, bard, if you will. You know, you lived in the navy, sailed all around the world, and then made ports. Except the Suez Canal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault. Uh, apparently, a desert storm caused that 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 boat to be stuck there. High winds uh, in the desert. Yeah, huh? the desert strikes again. Interesting. Uh, but you had lived in you know big cities like Philadelphia mm-hmm. and and San Diego. high profile careers. You know, mm-hmm. NFL films. And then, yeah, San Diego, which is the paradise of the United yeah. States, of the mainline United States, right? And I mean, Ron Burgundy's from, from <laughs> San Diego. We he's all kind know of he's a big a, deal. He's, he's a national treasure. Yeah, he's a, kind of a big deal. <laughs> Just ask him about so, it. So, yeah, so so to be drawn back here was, uh, uh, yeah, very uh, unique. Yeah, and I can remember at the time I was – uh, I, well, it happened during Mission House too, but I was looking into seminaries and um, that's right, yeah, uh, chaplaincy programs and yeah. all the all these different like schooling and training. I remember even for a moment I was thinking about uh, chaplaincy in the Navy type yeah, situation. You know, I know you and I talked about all that stuff, and um, the way I, re- I I remember it is I, I because we had been spending so much, and so this probably would have set like March or April. So we'd been hanging out for a couple months. And uh, the way I remember it is that you asked me if I would be interested in, in spending some time out here at desert rain. Mm. Uh, So I think we sort of said as a temporary six month basis. And when you had brought it up, I'd actually been thinking about it for a couple of weeks and it it just felt like um, one of those divine nudgings, so to speak just sort of where the the timing sort of cross paths in the mm-hmm. right way and uh you know thought it was a really good idea i don't i don't know i don't know if you remember any any specifics about that time of like leading up to me actually moving out here uh knowing me it was probably motivated by i didn't want to drive into las cruces every <laughs> Weeks right. at the, to go to the coffee shop there at the university. <laughs> that that's, sounds that's more amazing. like amazing. Yeah, that's perfect. That's so good. Um, 
so yeah, so we sat down and I can remember sitting down with uh, you and Marsha and the Steels. Um, yeah, that's right. One evening. Uh, I think the Nettias were there. I don't remember. Probably. Yeah. All the usual suspects were there. Probably. Yeah. And even I think, well, maybe not Colin and uh, Crystal. Crystal. <laughs> the Joc- well, I was thinking Cole and Jocelyn, but it, their last names are Jocelyn's. Yeah. Um, because they, they moved in about the same time I did. We we that yeah, summer. I was, it was either right before me or right after me by a month or two. So was it? And the Ariola family was also not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah, they they the Espinosas might have been on their way out. Yeah, to live in that's the right. Suburbs. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They had just purchased a house during that time. Yeah, and headed back towards El Paso, and that. That's when the Jocelyn. Anyways, that, yeah, people no always coming and going. <laughs> well, and I, I do want to kind of touch on that in a minute. The the transient nature of Desert Rain because I've never really thought of it in that. Or that's not true. Before I moved out here, I never really thought of it in that way. Mm. But after living here and learning more of the history, it, it is an interesting aspect of it. Um. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, so I. My six-month experiment has now turned into the 30-month experiment wow. now, I think. 32, something like that. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. we're coming up right on on, uh, on three years. Um, Including the lost year of 2020. So. Yeah, which, which felt, it's funny because that the lost year of 2020 has felt, certain things have felt like that happened like two days ago. Yeah, and other yeah. things have felt like it's like 10 years ago. Like time is really... Yeah, it's Morphed. very strange in the yeah. desert. So, um, yeah, I'm interested in the the uh, sort of the transient nature of desert ranges, sort of as a side uh, topic, real quick. I don't just knowing the history; it, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it was necessarily desi- designed that way. It feels like it sort of organically. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, has the hospitality side of Desert Rain, which was um, intentional. Yeah, has sort of uh, given this this way for a sacred uh, or safe ground for people to um, rest and get their get their bearings at times. And and what since you've been here since the beginning, what what does that sort of look like as far as being a safe space for for people to come and yeah, and I mean, retreat, it's, so to it's, speak. it's definitely, I mean, we hope that it's rooted in that monastic tradition of hospitality. Right. So you just kind of put yourselves, we're just here, we're doing the work. Yeah. Prayer, prayer, work, and service, and we're not trying to invent uh, new things or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so, uh, so wanderers, if you will, mm-hmm. just continuously come through right. <laughs> and have a conversation with them, whatever it is that they need to be. Usually it's just people need to be heard. Mm, Their souls need to be heard. And and that, and that so it just so happens that that's what we do for our living, yeah. so to speak. Uh, we listen. And and that might be a one-time encounter or it might be frequent guests that, that come through or it might be people that end up deciding want to live here for a couple of years. Some people have said uh, the Espinosa family had planned from the the beginning to live here for four years, and that's exactly what they did. And interesting. Um, 
Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you how long that had, yeah. how long they had been. I mean, they're still involved with the community. Right, exactly, yeah. But, uh, they still associate with, yeah. with us. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I don't even associate with myself. Not a good player. <laughs> but Dis- they do. They, disassociation yeah. of, of the hardest uh, hardest core type. <laughs> disassociate with yourself. Yeah, my mom taught me to not hang out with bad people. Uh yeah, and so so it'll be you know, and, and it'll be asylum seekers. You know, you've been involved with that. That's so. true. There has been times where we've had for a few days. Yeah, or even just one night. Right? Yeah, yeah. People that we visited at the in the ICE unit, and uh, you know, and then they suddenly got sprung out, and uh, legally, right? And, usu- and <laughs> by usually, by a U.S. judge. <laughs> and usually, it's uh, it's. Uh, the way the immigration system works is you don't get a heads up like, hey, no, they literally throw you now. out. You're, we're done with you. They literally throw you out on the streets. Yeah. And they'll um, give you an option. We'll take you to the bus station yep. or the airport. Which yeah. one do you want? Yeah. And these a lot of these guys don't have money. Anyways. Yeah, these poor guys from Cameroon or you yeah, know, anywhere. Any Guatemala. Country in Africa. Yeah. So there's so we'll give them a place to stay right. for a night and they're they're on their way to somewhere else. And uh and that's, yeah, that's kind of how it works. Well, it, it's, it's uh, the other part that sort of popped up is, is really, truly everyone that lives here that I've spent any time with uh, really, truly is a great listener. It's really interesting that I, I was just sort of in my head mentally checking off everyone I've had conversations with. Interesting. And I've never, there's never been a time where it was, I felt like, oh. They're, they're, this person's not listening Didn't to me. Didn't hear a word I said. <laughs> you know, and, and I and that's probably why. And I, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty good listener myself. Um, I, I sometimes need to be intentional about it. But everyone here, I've I've had a significant conversation with at some time for that reason. Ooh, because interesting. I didn't be, know that. Yeah, because there's there's that listening aspect. You know, you're being heard. You know, uh, if, you know, and, and because there's a back and forth and, and without it being said, there's a mutual agreed listening Yeah, that gets uh, passed back and forth in just a very natural way. Yeah, it's just, and the, the location itself too, there just seems to be something about sacred space. Yeah. Uh you know, churches will, will put up the dorky sign that'll says, this is a prayer condition place, you know. But there's some truth to that, you know. When you take a space and you, and you uh, do a sacred act there yeah. of listening to the heart of God uh, and, and give intentionality to it, it, it develops a presence, a sense of presence. And so when people show up, they there's something unique about this place. There's, and and I, I've seen it work in an in a urban cathedral, too. Okay. So you're on the street level, it's loud, there's, you know, traffic and all kinds of things going on. And then all of a sudden you open those heavy, creaky doors yep. and all of a sudden you step into that place and there's an intentionality there and and you can be still and you can listen and you can hear. Well, even on the, I, I, that takes me back to uh, the Camino, you know, even, even on the Camino when there would be these tiny churches that maybe maybe 10 people could fit into yeah. uh, in these little villages. And you would go in there and uh, sometimes sit, sometimes I'd kneel, but there was just, like you're saying, that that conditioned space of, yeah. of prayer and silence and uh, sacredness. 
was yeah. tangible. Assisi. Oh yeah. When yeah. I when I walked up when I was walking from the train station to the main, I don't know, main town area, uh, you you felt that there too. Yeah. And there's just something even even on the goofy side on an American road trip, you can stop yeah. by a, a roadside oddity and you know a giant uh, ball of twine or something <laughs> like that, and it's just something right. it stops you right, and, yeah. and you you pause, and you're like, what? Why is this dinosaur here? You know, there's <laughs> nowhere. This pair, uh, uh, what is it, pastor? Uh, Plaster of Paris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dinosaur. Yeah. Something about, nowhere. Why did somebody build this church on the rock <laughs> or this uh, house on the rock rather? Yeah. You know? well, this is a strange place. It's got a, you know, a carousel inside of it. And, yeah, and who knows how many people have, have visited that spot, right? Like, yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting how uh, any kind of space can have that yeah. understood feeling. Yeah. But it's not a, it's not a, you didn't logically get yourself there. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with, from a storybook and we visited it in LA, Watts Towers. There was an art exhibit there. Interesting. This man who took these towers and out of garbage and, uh, and he just built these towers there. And they're in the Watts oh, yeah. neighborhood of Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. And it's a holy place to me. That's amazing. I, in fact, we should go see it when we go see yeah, I was gonna, the, the Dodgers. <laughs> I want to go see Watts Towers. I was going to say, I've never even heard of <laughs> it. If these it's still things. there, I don't even know. Yeah. But yeah, there was a, uh, in the 70s when I was a little kid, there was a photographic book about it. And it was one of my yeah. favorite books, along with Beverly Clary, who just passed away this weekend at 104. Wow. Uh, Mouse and the Motorcycle, Runaway Ralph, Ramona. I remember Ramona. I remember uh, Ramona. Henry and Ribsy. Uh, it's just great. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to wax no, no, nostalgic no. there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, in Arizona, we have The Thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> which yep, is not really, not so sacred, actually. <laughs> that <laughs> one's like, it. it's like a mummified it's person, just, right? It's a it's a block of wood. Sorry, I didn't mean to give yeah, that. Yeah, spoiler we, alert. We, we should cut that out. <laughs> yeah. We gave away the secrets of the Masons there. <laughs> they'll, they'll be upset. They'll, they'll uh, sue us for lost. They uh, change it every couple of years. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, it's, to go back to that sacred feeling, it, it, since I've lived out here and have invited people to to come hang out, um, it's interesting every time they, well, not every time, but more times than not, people have have told me, like as soon as they step out of their vehicle, there's a there's a a peace or a presence, mm. you know, kind of like what we're talking about yeah. that, that they I, I know I've experienced it, but when to hear it from someone else, you know, and sort of the not the shock, but just sort of the surprise of like, oh, like what's going on here? Yeah, like, yeah, something shifted internally. Yeah, and um, you know, and, and I equate that. You know, you can call me woo woo or whatever, but just all the hours of prayer and and meditation and service and being that that landing spot for anyone you know in transition. Yeah, uh, throughout the the several years you all have have been out here and and doing the deal. So, uh yeah, that feels good. That's yeah. My road to desert rain. Here you are. Yeah. And, and, and could you state for the record that you're not here under compulsion? There's or no coercion. There's no, no one, <laughs> no armed people in the room as I've, I've, I've given this story. I haven't read off of a, a script of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> we should do, we should do a, a, 
an episode on are we a cult or not? Okay. And what yeah. makes a cult? We well, <laughs> you did bring up one time doing like a QA type thing. Yeah, yeah. But like right. so maybe like F- shuffle F-A-Q, that. Yeah, yeah, shuffle that into because uh, that probably is uh oh yeah, I've gotten weird questions since I've lived out here. And, yeah. Well people will ask you directly, hey, are you a cult? Right. But they you know they're thinking <laughs> yeah. it. So you want that, you know. So why not answer it? Explain, explain. The best we can. Yeah, that's actually that would actually be really, really beautiful. So uh <laughs> Yeah, so uh, for for me personally, I, I do want to thank the Steels and the Nedias and the Jocelyns and the Espinozas, um, anybody that I that I've encountered uh, during this time, the Ariolas, uh, out here in Desert Rain, and obviously, uh, you know, my friendship with with you and Marsha has has been pivotal, uh, not only for my road to get out here, but definitely the three years. Uh, we've 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 grown in my mind. We've grown yeah. extremely close. It's been mutual. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. You've been a great partner to us during some very difficult times mm. in our personal lives. So yeah, I'm, I'm very glad. grateful for you. Yeah, the gratitude is is uh, goes both ways. So um, uh, thank you once again for everyone listening. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the ruined. Dot com. You can check out uh, some of David's prayers. It's this whole website. Musings and poetry. Some of your poetry is on there, right? Yeah, we use the word poetry loosely. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I've thrown That's some crap fine. up on, <laughs> okay. on a webpage. <laughs> he's, being, he's being overly <laughs> humble, in my opinion. Uh, drcrpod.com is where you can find, and that'll actually direct you to the ruin, but drcrpod.com has all of our previous episodes. Uh, please, uh, if you enjoy what you're, what you've heard, please tell a friend. Uh, let them check it out. Uh, if you have uh, any questions, any topics you've been interested in, I think some people have reached out with topics. Thank you for sending those. And uh, thank you all. Thank you. Have Much appreciation. Yeah.